Hello and welcome everybody to this week's Dev Central Connects. My name is Boo, one of your community evangelists on the F5 Dev Central team. I am your host today. I am back in the host seat. Jason was covering for me while I was away at a couple events. Thank you very much, Jason. So I wasn't sure if I was going to come back and people were just, just going to demand Jason back. And, and if that's the case, please leave a comment that you prefer Jason over me. I'm totally okay with that. If that's the comment, I'll still be around, but you could still leave that comment and we'll use that information maybe in the future. I'm just kidding. So I was away at a couple of different events. I was way at Cube Huddle, which was held in Toronto. Amazing event, a really cool event in that it was a smaller, intimate. When you go to KubeCon, not that I've been to KubeCon, but I've, I've heard about KubeCon, really huge event, like 10,000 people there. Hard to have conversations with folks and kind of learn more about other people's experiences. But Cube Huddle, I mean, somebody goes up and, and they talks or gives a talk and you can go have a chat with them afterwards and ask them a little bit more about that experience that they shared on stage or that presentation that they gave or that, that thought that they had. It was a really cool event. So I hope they have it again next year. I, I chatted with the organizer about that, posted a video about it actually, Marino Wije. Really cool event. I would encourage folks as well, go check out local meetups if you have that kind of stuff in your area for Kubernetes or whatever technology you're into. But local meetups, the F5 user group is not like a big marketing event, but the F5 user groups are really cool events for like hands-on, usually hands-on learning or some sort of learning is provided via a talk. And then just last week, I was out at Red Hat Summit. Really cool event as well. A little bit bigger than Cube Huddle, but not a not a huge like an RSA or an AWS reInvent type of event either. Still really cool in that we had lots of great conversations with folks, lots of stuff that was announced during the week as well that F5 had a part of as well. So there was stuff like event-driven Ansible and we have a solution for that. We were one of the launch partners for that new function within Ansible. And so that was really cool to be able to see people really interested in that as well. So Having said all that, there's a lot of content on the Diff Central YouTube channel. Make sure you go subscribe if you haven't already. Go check out the content from that. You can learn a little bit more about the things that F5 is up to and how we play with Kubernetes and how we play with Red Hat and OpenShift and Ansible and whatnot. Lots of information to find out. I'll also mention that F5 or sorry, that Dev Central Connects is supported by community.f5.com. So that is our technical user community. If you haven't already, go register, sign up for an account, interact with all the other members on there, get information about how you can use your F5 in, in additional ways or solve that problem that you might be experiencing with an application and how you might be able to fix that with your F5 or just hang out with people on there as well. It's always great to be able to interact with the community. Speaking of community, we have one of the well-known figures maybe in the Kubernetes community and the DevOps community. We have JJ Asgar on. Uh, so I'm going to bring him on in a second, but we're going to be talking about the stumbling blocks that are experienced with app modernization. JJ has a lot of experience as a former developer, former DevOps engineer, and then in a role where he talks to lots of customers about the things that they're doing with their app modernization. So he's got a ton of experience and I thought that would be awesome to bring him on and, and chat about that. So without further ado, let me bring on JJ. JJ, how you doing? Wonderful. How are you? I am good. Thank you. We were just talking about events. You mentioned to me before you've been to a lot of different events, actually. So, and we were just kind of chit-chatting about how the smaller, more intimate events are really the ones that folks should be 
interested in going to like the KubeCons are great. And if you can get mm -hmm. a ticket to KubeCon and get your company to send you there, you'll have a great time there. But those smaller events, like you really chat with people at those ones, right? Uh, absolutely. Like if you want to meet the people who actually do the typey typey, the fingers on keyboards, mm -hmm. the nerds out there that actually have to deal with this stuff day in and day out, the smaller community events are the ones to go to. As much as I, as much as I love meetups, right? Like I, I've started meetups myself. People show up to the first one and then less people show up to the next one. And then before you know it, is it a meetup when it's just yourself sitting in a coffee shop? That's, yeah. a, that's a good question to ask yourself, right? But the smaller community events, which are usually those, those like the DevOps days or the KCDs out there or whatever, or the, the F5 one that you mentioned a moment ago, they, there is an advantage to them where the practitioners come together and if you have open spaces, you can talk about the things that you need to talk about. I still remember conversations I had at some DevOps days where I learned about chatbots, right? When chat mm -hmm. was a big thing and we were using, what was it, a campfire? I think it was not even before Slack, right? Mm -hmm. We were using campfire to, to do stuff. And we talked, we spent a whole afternoon playing around with chatbots to get them to do stuff in like CoffeeScript and stuff like that. So, so if you want, the whole point I'm trying to make is, is if you want to talk, if you want to learn more about this ecosystem, whatever it is, find the ones that are close to you that aren't the big corporate events. Don't go me wrong. You should still go to the corporate events if you can afford it or get yourself there. But don't, don't not go to those local events. Yeah, that's a great point. Go to the big ones if you can, because they're awesome. But if your company is not going to send you the big one, don't spend your money going to the big one yourself. Spend your money on a ticket to a local event. Maybe it's a, a hundred bucks, 200 bucks to get to the local ones. And you'll still get tons of, you'll get folks like JJ out there speaking to you. I mean, if you look at it, right, you spend possibly 14, 1500 US dollars to go to KubeCon EU just to get the ticket. If you look at your community events, they're spending maybe 200 bucks at most, at most of them, right? 1500 bucks divided by 200. How many yep. more events could you be going to in your local area? Just, just on cost alone of the ticket for one place. I'm not saying don't go, right? I'm just saying that the more bang for your, your buck is there. Absolutely. Love it. Cool. So JJ, I kind of alluded to some of your experience, but maybe you can give us an intro on yourself, your background and kind of how to, how you got to where you are today. Well, yeah. Hey, first of all, hi, I'm JJ. <laughs> I'm a developer advocate for IBM now. I don't know what that means. I don't think anybody knows what developer advocacy <laughs> means anymore, which is unfortunate, but I, I get to, I get to go out and talk about cool technologies to a lot of different people. I've spent a lot of time in the DevOps space in general. I was a production engineer, what we call, where we call an SRE now for many years. I had the pager at 3 a.m. where I had to wake up and go reboot a bunch of computers because somebody did something stupid. Then I, I spent a lot of time in the config management space. Interesting tidbit, I'm actually part of the community.f5.com. I have an account out there because uh, I worked at Chef Software and I had to write integrations with Chef and in this case, F5, where I actually had to learn how to use your API <laughs> to get Chef to, to do it. We can talk about that later, but I've had those experience. So I have developer experience too. And where I truly love and where I, I learned very quickly that I'm very good at being either the nerd in the room with a bunch of business people, or in turn, I'm really good at talking, telling a story about how to use technology. 
So I've, I've kind of uh, leaned in on that. And my job is to make sure that you using IBM, you think of IBM when it comes to cutting edge, cutting edge technologies. Yeah, fantastic. And I mean, being part, being through your roles in the past, kind of cutting to what we're talking about today, you've seen yeah. a lot of app modernization and you've seen the stumbling blocks. So maybe we can get started down that road of what kind of things have you seen in the past, I guess, that's um, brought you to this? Yeah. So the, the biggest challenge of most people out there is that when you start seeing new technologies come out through the work work, all the new, new stuff happening, people want to go to the new shiny, right? Like everyone's like, we need to be running Kubernetes. We need to be running OpenShift. We have this VMware cluster or this OpenStack cluster, or we're running everything on EC2. We need to migrate that to Kubernetes. I had that conversation, this conversation so many times that I quickly learned there was a consistent thread through all of these. Companies want to go to the new shiny because there's this, this preconceived notion, preconceived notion of if we go to the new shiny, we get the new cutting edge people so we can leapfrog our, our competition. I'm here to tell you, if you are in the black with your software, right? If you are actually making real money with your VMware cluster, I'm just going to use VMware as a catch-all legacy. It's not, I know yeah. it's not legacy, but I'm just going to use it as legacy, right? Just because I don't want to keep quantifying <laughs> each one of these. If you have this old VMware cluster that you are running your software that works for your business and it's in the black, you've got your engineering effort already majorly done. You're, it's in maintenance mode. Companies are using it to make real money. Migrating that to Kubernetes, frankly, unless you have a real reason to move to it, is probably a bad idea because so many people forget migration paths require engineering effort, right? You can't just take your Java war or your ear, shove it in the Java container and put it on Kubernetes and say that you're Kubernetes, you're running in Kubernetes. There's so much more there that you don't realize. And engineering hours taking away from new features for your next thing is real money, right? Like, are you willing to go into the red with your product and your project moving off of that VMware cluster into Kubernetes because you just want to get to the next thing? Now, there's a, a, a to, to short, short circuit a lot of the conversation I have and all the, 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 the data points around it is that I'm telling you, you're probably having another project start tomorrow. Every corporation has new projects starting all the time, right? It's just, it's, that's how it works because you need to be constantly moving forward. Look at that one as cloud native. Look at that one as your new app modernization project, right? You, what you were doing on that old VMware cluster where you had that cadence of, I don't know, monthly releases or weekly releases. This new project you're going to go to, you're going to go to cadence of you, when you merge to main, it releases. Now, that's a really easy statement to say out loud, but do you have any idea how much engineering effort it is to do when you hit that big green button on main, on your internal GitHub or external or GitLab or whatever, mm -hmm. and all that stuff gets released into production and it lives? There's a whole world of stuff underneath that. As you can see, you can't see my hands. Whole yeah. world of stuff <laughs> underneath that, right? And that's what you should be looking at is modernization. Leave the thing that makes you money alone because there's no point in messing with that. Look at the future and start implementing those little things. And then that next project, you learn from that app modernization project. 
saying, it turns out maybe Jenkins wasn't the right path for us. Maybe we should be using GitHub Actions because it turns out GitHub Actions has these features that we were doing and we can deprecate our old Jenkins instance or whatever. Like there's, there's many different learnings there. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so what do you think after a while, like enough learnings, then you go revisit legacy and then say, oh, we could have brought this little bit over here. And then you can slowly, like maybe not saying that VMware is going to go away or anything like that. You know, eventually, hey, this thing is a little bit harder to support. It's harder to find people here. It's easier to find Kubernetes people now. Maybe we're talking like 10 years down the road. Okay, let's somewhere a few years down the road, we start trickling over a couple things. If you are absolutely, truly wanting to migrate portions of your app away from your legacy infrastructure, I strongly suggest either looking at something like leveraging the, the strangler pattern of different portions of that app, where you, if you have a massive legacy application that does everything, right? There are probably features inside of that app that only that app does. Shave that feature off into its own little small microservice and run it in parallel to your massive legacy app. That's going to require real engineering time, right? Like you're going to have to figure out how to un un unbuckle that feature from your major app. You're going to have to sit there and make sure that you have the open APIs. So when, if it does need to talk back to the legacy app, that it's already in there. I'm already talking about possibly tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars of engineering time just to get to that point, right? <laughs> then you've got to run it in parallel. So you've got to figure out how you're going to deploy that app, part of that application beside it, right? And then you've got to give it N number of days, N number of months, N number of years to make sure that it actually sits to the same level of production that your original one does. And then we can talk about moving it over to more of a cloud native e space. Mm. There's a whole journey there that I described that people don't realize until they've started down this path. They, they don't have, they don't do the, what is the word? They don't do the thought exercise mm. of actually thinking about how do you shave off a portion of a monolithic app and then look to put it somewhere else. That's the reason why developer advocates or DevRel people or DevOps people or SREs in general, the first thing they do is they ask very simple questions in these kind of, in these spaces, because as much as people want to go to the Nirvana, they want to get to that summit because they think that summit is the, the, the stability that Google has, right. Or, or what, just whatever, whatever, whatever perfect company in your mind and your, your boss's mind for more, more, more reasonably, right. Mm -hmm. Whatever your boss is trying to get to. You don't realize that there's also so much thing, so many things underneath it, right? That you have to spend your time and effort to get to that point where you have that foundation, where you have that culture of trust, right? If your boss still has to approve a change to deploy software today, like they have to say, yes, we need to change. You are going to push out this change to your infrastructure or change to your application, and they have to sign off on that, that push, you are never going to get to the point where cloud native is going to be helpful for you, <laughs> right? It's just, yeah. it's just not going to happen. And how yeah. many companies have I talked to where I'm like, okay, before we even talk about technology, before we talk about anything at all, 
I would like you to write down the steps from developer writing a single line of code, all the steps they need to go through before that gets into your production infrastructure. Just, just humor me. And I asked that, well, at the time, not obviously not much nowadays, but I would do that in front of, in, in a good old conference room of like relatively senior level people, right? First of all, the lists would be completely different, right? Because not everyone knew all the steps you had to go through. Second, there would be people in the rooms from different orgs that they'd be like, really? You would have to go there to get that, to go there? And, and then all yeah. of a sudden you realize, like, we don't even have to talk about, like, CI or CD for that matter. Like, we don't even have to, we have to just all agree on a standard way to get developer A. Like, it's not even a feature, right? I'm just asking, let's change it to cornflower blue. Right. Like, yeah. like, like, let's just change the color of this icon. And if you have to go through 30 different steps in an enterprise infrastructure, infrastructure to get that signed off on, oh, and by the way, we only have certain windows we can release in X, Y, and Z because of agreed upon SLAs with downstream customers. All of a sudden you're like, okay, like I can't talk to you about using OpenShift to make, make your life a little <laughs> bit easier. I need to talk to you about like, pipelines right yeah so did you see like was, these are the these are the stumbling blocks before you realize it it becomes a human problem more so yeah. than a technology that was interesting having just come from red hat summit last week one of the things that was mentioned a lot was developer experience and mm -hmm. one of our partners that does a lot of work in the f5 slash open shift space like they take the approach of just what you're describing there, you get everybody in the room and let's talk about reverse engineering that developer experience. We're going to start from there. What does this experience look like? And then build the pieces around that experience yeah. and, and learn like, yeah, just like you were saying, like learn all of this, all of these things that we didn't know about because not all everybody was in the same room, learn about all that squash as many of those as we can, and then start building up this developer experience. And then maybe that leads you to this nirvana of, of Kubernetes and all the, the bells and whistles. Well, there's, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some very great opinionated ways. So the nirvana that a lot of, a lot of bosses want to go to, again, I'm just putting boss in quotes here, right? It could be a million different people up and down the stack, but it was just, we all have this boss in our mind. That's like, we need to be doing more. We need more money or whatever. You know, that person, right? Yeah. That, that boss, all they want to do is to be able to, to win in business. That is their job, right? They're a competitive human. They want to leapfrog their competition. So they, they want to figure out a way. We used to make the joke, oh, it's probably the CIO. They found the CIO magazine on the airplane while they were flying to <laughs> HQ. And they're like, hey, Kubernetes is cool. Let's do Kubernetes, right? Yeah. Like we've all, we've all heard that joke. But what we've learned as we've been trying to figure out a way to not only monetize, but try to build up this whole infrastructure of cloud native as, as, a, as, a, as an industry, it is, it is the dev experience that is actually more important than the technology underneath it. One reason why Cloud Foundry did so well was because it was like four commands and it would just take the code and slurp it up and then shove it into some ether and it would just be there, right? Mm -hmm. And it was relatively easy. Kubernetes has that same kind of infrastructure and same kind of process using something like OpenShift. 
right? Where it's two commands. It's literally two commands and your developer doesn't have to think about anything underneath it, right? Like you right. literally just like OC apply and boom, you're done. Okay, it's a little bit more than that. But the point being is that it takes the cognitive overhead of running all this stuff away. But to get yeah. to that point, you need your application to be smart enough to be able to play in that space. You need to have the understanding of why you're breaking things up into microservices. You have to also understand that there are so many things overhead around this that you have to have the foundational knowledge to understand why you're going to. And that's the reason why I keep saying back to the stumbling blocks is that if you're migrating an application into it, it wasn't designed to fit in that space. So you have to spend that effort to re-architect to fill it fit inside of it. That's why I say, look at your next project and leverage that so your developers can leapfrog and get the velocity you're looking for. Yeah. One, one example I'm just thinking of as well is that I have a, so there's a local company in town. I'm not going to name their names, but they went through a app modernization project. I think they had some stumbling blocks because it took a number of years to get there. But I know their infrastructure folks, a couple of their infrastructure folks, and I know one of their developers, I wasn't really chatting with their developers before. And so in chatting with developer that I, that I know outside of the work context, I was asking them, Hey, I look, I, I know your project just finished up and I was asking him about the infrastructure. He had no idea about the infrastructure. He's just mm -hmm. like, I commit the code and it goes. Yeah. And I don't know what flavor of Kubernetes we have. I don't know what web server we use. Those are not things that I worry about. Like I yeah. commit my code and it's just out there. So that sounds like a beautiful experience for him because he doesn't have to worry about that kind of stuff. He just gets his code out there, works or it doesn't work and he fixes it. And then it's in production and he moves on. Yep. Which is great, right? Like for, for a, a certain level of developer out there, that is exactly what you need, right? Because they shouldn't be worrying about this stuff. Okay, fine. We can talk about full stack engineers and the startup hustle life and all that jazz. But when you get mm -hmm. to the levels of where, I mean, I'm going to say this controversially, I'm sorry, but it's true. When you're not playing the stretch off ticket of the startup world and you look at the enterprise world where real mm -hmm. money is being made, People specialize, right? They focus on certain things. And like, it's good to have a bunch of developers. All they know is that there's this API that I've got to talk to. And as long as my logic of my app works and that API is up, I got Christmas for myself, buddy. <laughs> right? yeah, like, yeah, I, don't have to, exactly. I don't have to worry about this. What is this log4j thing? That's no, no, nothing for me. That's someone else's problem, right? Yeah. And that's not a bad way to live. I tip my hat to no. them. I mean, he was, those developers are hired to do that thing. They're not exactly. necessarily hired to do the other thing that supports to do the thing that they're hired to do, but there's, they're hired to do that thing. And so, yeah, he gets to do the thing he was hired to do. And this is all in, encased in the whole modernization path, right? Like you'd be amazed on how many people back in the VMware days knew the whole stack, right? They knew mm -hmm. what API to call on vCenter to get a new template so they could spin up their application to do their thing, which by God, there's still many people out there who do that. And yes, awesome. You are all amazing humans. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not polluting you by any standard, right? No. But the, the world has moved forward. The world has moved forward from that. And there, the, 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 what is the speed of thought now is the, the race that we are is, is an industry like, mm -hmm. I, there was a joke I used to make on stage, which 
if you are if you and your your competitor are trying to go feature parity and you have come up with an idea that can can get you ahead in that that race the longer it takes you to get that out before your your competitor finds it is the difference in time between you winning that business and not so you have to go at the speed of thought and if you can only release every 6 months i don't think you're going to do very well tough to compete these days with that yeah I think that was a that was an older older approach that uh, yeah it's pretty pretty tough at this point. You look at things like I used to be subscribed to the AWS release notes that would come out every week, and I've had to unsubscribe because every one of those emails was like AWS has released twenty five new features. I'm like I can't yeah. like that's too much for me to comprehend at this point yep. on a weekly basis. I can't read through this every single week. Exactly. And then what's the joke is that no one's actually a true AWS master anymore. They've learned to master two or three of the projects and they just have friends that have mastered the other one. Yeah. 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 We've naturally migrated towards that, I guess. Very cool. We have already gotten up to time. So this has been a a great chat, JJ. For folks who wanted to chat with you further though, where's a good place to find you? Honestly, I'm, on Twitter, I have JJ Asgar right there in front of me. You can also f- email me directly. I have awesome at IBM.com as my email address. I really do. Notice that. Um, yeah. So never, if I, my job is to be a personable nerd, right? Like I'm supposed to make this stuff hard, the, the hard stuff easy for people to understand. So if I can help you in any way, frankly, that's why I have the email address of awesome at IBM.com. Please reach out. Like I want to help. That is my job. I'm also on Mastodon at JG Asgar, Mastodon.social. I'm a little bit more active there than Twitter due to the world. Mm. Uh, but I never hesitate to reach out. And I really do hope you either learn something or you are entertained for 30 minutes. <laughs> Fantastic. And I will, I'll tag you on community.f5.com when I create a show thread for this as well. I'll, awesome. I'll find your account on there. Perfect. Very cool. All right. Thanks, JJ. I'll pull you off. And I just got a couple more things to mention to the folks, but thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Yeah. Alrighty. Awesome to have JJ on. A ton of experience that he's got. So great that he was able to lend that experience over to our audience today. I will mention everybody, if you have not been subscribed to the Dev Central channel so far, you can subscribe to us on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on Facebook. You follow us on Twitter as well. We're also available via podcast. If you want to listen to us, maybe you're heading back to the office these days or you got a couple of days in the office. We are on Apple, Google, Spotify, and wherever else you want to be, we can hook that up as well. And I would encourage you to check out all the recent videos that I've uploaded to the Dev Central YouTube from KubeHuddle, from Red Hat Summit as well. And also just go check out community.f5.com, register for an account on there. You can interact because I'm going to tag JJ on the thread that I'm going to create with all the show notes from today. So go check that out and go check out maybe there's some questions that you can answer on there or maybe there's some articles that might be interesting for you to check out as well. Thank you to everybody who was watching live today as well. Hello to Jose and we had Aubrey and Jason hanging out in the chat as well. So great to interact with you all. Otherwise, thank you very much for joining us this week. We will see you all next week. But otherwise, please go like and subscribe. Bye for now.